This is Conversations with Corliss, the podcast that features real and inspiring people who are leading their lives with purpose, passion, and confidence. Through their stories, advice, and expertise, you will be empowered with tools and insights to become the leader you are meant to be. Your host, Corliss, is a Dare to Lead trained, certified success principles coach, best-selling author, and inspirational speaker. As an entrepreneur for more than two decades, she has coached, trained, and mentored thousands to tap into their personal power and realize their potential. Through her company, Corliss Co., she will help you dream again and break through what holds you back from leading the life you want to have. Connect with her today at corliss.ca. Hi, everyone. This is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it. My name is Corliss, and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my 40s and realized time stands still for no one. With my kids more independent and my career not as fulfilling as it once was, I found myself wondering if this was it and what was next for me. I went looking for answers to recreate my life, and I found them in having meaningful conversations with inspiring people. That's what we'll do here for you. Whatever you're looking for, I'm glad you're here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. I have the most exciting announcement to make. Lead Conference Canada is launching in 2023 in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan on November 3rd and 4th. This is the first of its kind Canadian event where we will feature a powerful lineup of both professional and inspirational speakers to help you feel empowered to lead your life. No need to spend tons of time and money traveling abroad to an event of this caliber. We are bringing the world-class speakers to you. You're invited to join us for an incredible two days of connection, motivation, and inspiration. The reality is that all of us will go through periods in our lives where we feel burned out, stuck, or unsatisfied. This is why we need an event like Lead Conference Canada. Because through connecting with others, learning through their stories, you can find your own spark again to feel empowered to move forward with confidence. This high-energy, personal growth event will offer you the perfect mix of inspiration and practical how-tos. We have already launched a few of our powerhouse speakers, including Arlene Dickinson and Christina Kuzmich, but there is much more to come, so much more. Join the Lead Conference Canada email list to get in on all of the details and have a chance to get the best seats at the lowest price. Make sure and head to corliss.ca forward slash lead 2023 now. This is episode 068, Decisions, Decisions. Hello everyone and thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is a little bit different than most as today I'm not interviewing but being interviewed. I had the chance to speak with Cindy Thompson from a Resilience Project podcast and I thought you might want to listen into the conversation. It's all about decisions and how one decision can change your life. Inside the conversation I share my story as to why I believe that. Now, before you listen to it, I want to give you something to think about first. Do you believe that one decision can change your life and determine how your life will go? Sometimes it may even be a small decision that at the time seems like it's not significant at all, but then when you look back, it was really big. Think right now about one decision that you made 
that if you had not made it, your life would have gone a completely different direction. It could be getting married, getting divorced, going to school, moving, having kids, not having kids, whatever it is, think of it now. This proves that one decision can change your life, and that could be in your next decision too. I have been reading Oprah's book, What I Know For Sure, for a few years now. It was a special gift from my daughter, and in one of the chapters, she talks about how the Creator has given us full responsibility for our lives through the power of choice. I feel that. Our lives are a result of our decisions. No decision is still a decision, and even the smallest decisions can have a big impact over time, like what you decide to eat or drink consistently, who you decide to spend your time with, whether you decide to take responsibility for your life or blame people. One message in her book really hit for me, and I quote, Right now, you are one choice away from seeing yourself as someone whose life has inherent significance, so choose to see it that way. We even get to decide how we see ourselves and our purpose in life. So today's message is all about owning your power to make decisions. You have been gifted the opportunity to choose your life with your decisions. I hope you choose well because you deserve the best life. Hello, friends. I am Cindy Thompson, and this is a Resilience Project. This is a space where stories are shared and possibilities are discovered. I invite you to partner with me in cultivating resilience among humans, one conversation at a time. Are you currently in the middle of a major life transition? Whether it is by design or an event that has led to a new beginning, are you wrestling with the unknowns and wishing you could see into the future? When we are in the mud and everything seems discouraging, It is hard to imagine these circumstances will not last forever. As we dive into a new year, I've been reflecting a lot about change. There are so many posts on Instagram and social media and inspirational quotes that suggest that we should just honor who we are, while others suggest we need to keep growing and embrace goals for self improvement. What I know for sure is that life naturally leads us on a journey toward change. It is inevitable, just like adversity. Some of you might be going through a radical life adjustment like divorce, or perhaps you are forced to make a major career change. There is no manual on how you should handle these circumstances when they show up and shake that very foundation of what is familiar. In this episode, We are identifying the importance of just taking the next step, the value of dreaming big, and recognizing how one decision can change your circumstances for good. You are going to hear from Corliss Rasil, who understands what it is like to have the rug pulled out from under you. Because stories can have a powerful impact, I wanted you to hear what she has come through and the remarkable transformation that has occurred because she made one decision. Corliss is sharing her inspiring story of circumnavigating divorce, loss of a prestigious title, and what it took to pull herself out of a very discouraging season in her life. Corliss is a Canadian inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, dare to lead trainer, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Consulting. 
She is the best-selling author of the book, Lead Your Life, How to Live with Purpose, Passion, and Confidence, and the host of one of Canada's most popular self-improvement podcasts, Conversations with Corliss. Here is my conversation with Corliss. Corliss, thank you so much for being here on a Friday, sharing a bit of your time with us to be on a Resilience Project. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I'm really quite honored that you've invited me and that I get to be here to share today. Thanks. I think you've got a lot to offer our listeners, Corliss. I can see some of the beautiful work that you're doing out there. And I'm very aware that people sometimes might look at where you are today, where you have arrived in your career and your presence, your involvement in leadership and in growth of others. And they might think, you don't get it. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know how to navigate hard times. Your life is all together. And yet I think it's important for people to hear the backstory, to understand what got you there, because sometimes our greatest challenges create the greatest growth. I would agree with that completely. And I just want to clarify something. I agree completely that stories are so powerful. As a matter of fact, the stories of resilience are the ones that always inspire me when I'm in the thick of it myself. But I do need to just say that it's not just the backstory. I still have bad days. And I tell my clients that a lot. We all are going to experience highs and lows in life, some good days and bad days. And what I've learned is that we all have them. It's just you simply learn to bounce back just a little bit faster. That's certainly where I'm at today. I would say yesterday wasn't a great day, but today is. So that's okay. I embrace that. Yes, that the hard times don't last forever. Those bad days might just be a bad day or a couple of hours, but it's not forever. So thanks for drawing that out. I think that's awesome. Where would you like to start with some of the pivotal moments that you have experienced in your life that have been game changers for you, that changed the course of your life and led you in a new direction? Mm. I'm a real believer that one decision can completely change your life. And I know that because I made a decision when I was around 23 years old to join a direct sales company in network marketing on a whim. And it was 100% on a whim. I had joined thinking that I would just start for myself to get a little bit of extra side cash. It ended up becoming a several decade career. That one decision shaped me into who I was. I was born and raised on the farm and I had lots of really strong values that were taught to me watching my parents be entrepreneurs and the value system of family matters and having faith and working hard. Those still guide me today. When I was in my early twenties, when I joined that company, one of the things that I realized was that I was never exposed to dreaming big. I was never exposed to that. I have some big purpose in my life. I was always just thinking that happened in my life was going to happen and hopefully it was good and that I had no power to cause and create my own outcome in any way. So when I joined this direct sales company on a whim, it exposed me to something that I'd never seen before. It exposed me to a bigger picture of life. It exposed me to a vehicle that I could help people. And I started for myself, lighting my life, and it turned into lighting homes and then lighting lives because I started sharing the business with other people and coaching and mentoring these women and seeing significant changes in their life. And that's when purpose was discovered and born for me. So that decision really shaped me and helped me grow from being not confident to becoming quite confident in my abilities to cause and create anything I wanted to in my life, one small goal at a time. As I grew my company, 
and I grew my organization. I was leading and supporting thousands of entrepreneurs and achieved this title. The title was senior regional vice president. And this was a prestigious position in our company. There was only at that time, it was 11 in all of Canada. It was quite a significant accomplishment. And I needed that title. At that time mm -hmm. and where I was at in my life, I needed that title to feel like I was important. I was really working on who I was and self-esteem and confidence. But then because my heart wasn't really in the right place, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. What happened was I achieved the position and only six months later, I lost it. And it was quite a humiliating experience, very humbling because it was quite public. Like everyone knew I achieved it and then knew I didn't have it any longer. It had me questioning everything about myself and my life at that point, because if I'm not this and I'm nothing, it was humbling. I wouldn't want to go through it again, but it was at that time that I received truly a gift. Robin Sharma says it best in his book that's titled, You Don't Need a Title to Lead. Mm. It wasn't really in achieving that position that inspired people, but it was actually from falling out of that position and then rising up that I found I inspired the most people. It was when I learned the most about myself. It was when I was able to get to the heart of who I really wanted to be for people. And that's when I stepped into it. And that's when I realized that leadership is much more than a title or a role or the terms that define us in society. It's who we really want to be for mm. ourselves and for others. It sounds like there might have been even a shift in values, what became most important to you, which sounds maybe a bit more people-directed, not so much around what you had achieved personally, but how you can impact others and have an influence. Really, truly. It's who I was at that time. I had to learn. And as I look back on my own story, really, I had to practice some self-forgiveness and not resent myself for the fact that I was almost shallow. <laughs> I was shallow, but it was where I was at in my life and in my own personal growth and development. Dr. Wayne Dyer said, you can't give what you don't have. Mm, I couldn't true. have given anything more because I just didn't have it. I had to grow in understanding myself and learn to love myself and to start to value myself. It was really a humbling experience that brought me back to the heart of looking at what parts of me needed to be healed, that I would have more to give to other people. And in doing that, of course, I was able to give it because I found it within myself. I love that because often people have said they might have lost their jobs, they were let go, and yet later on they'll say it's the best thing that ever happened to them. In the moment, it's crushing, it's hard on the ego, but the growth then can begin if we let it. That's so true. That's such a great point. And I agree completely. When we're in it, we don't really want to experience that. And sometimes we can't even see our way through. We think, why is this happening? I know when it was happening to me, a lot of the things that were going through my mind were, do I deserve this? Maybe I'm not a good person. Why is this happening to me? If good things happen to good people, I mustn't be very good. That's a core story for me. And it would be a default. But I have learned that's actually not the truth, that now it's happening for me, not to me. Mm -hmm. And I embrace it versus challenge it or question myself throughout the process of understanding or going through it. You've raised a good point because it's often later, after we've gone through that adversity, that we realize our strengths and realize what we're capable of. In that moment, it is very difficult to really see that with clarity because you're just surviving it and assessing what you're going to need to get through it. 
I'm glad that you use that word surviving because I think that's a lot of what people do. Even throughout the last few years, we've had to survive a lot of things. We go into crisis and we have to react and we have to get through it. So we put our heads down, we push through, we keep going, we keep going. And that's amazing. That's resilience in human beings. Wow. So amazing what we can do. However, then it can become a habit. Even after the crisis or the trauma or whatever has passed, we're still in that mode because now it's become a habit of just pushing through. And a lot of the people that I work with, they come to me because they're like, something's missing. Something feels dead inside. I don't even know who I am. Those are the questions that they're asking themselves. And it's because they've been surviving for so long that they've just been ignoring what's happening around them or what they're actually doing. And then all of a sudden something happens that wakes them up again to go, wait, wait, this is not my life. This is not how I want this to go. Yes. We don't want to be white knuckling it through. We want to be able to build these resilience practices so that we have that toolkit within us. You're right. We're all resilient already and we have been navigating it, but we could be doing it more effectively to be able to bounce back quicker, not have a completely bad day, but have maybe a few minutes and then be able to bounce back. While you were going through that professionally, I get the sense from your story that you also were going through a major transition on a personal level in your life. Oh, it was. <laughs> it was hmm. so difficult. It was so difficult. I was seeking success and keeping it all together and chasing what I thought was going to make me happy. And my work was fulfilling. I had been married for 20 years and the marriage was always a struggle. It was a difficult one, but I made the commitment. I was sticking with it. I was trying to keep my family together. I was working hard. We were doing everything on the outside, trying to make it work, building the dream home, building the careers, trying to raise great kids, give them private schooling, all those good things. And then one day it all fell apart in a very tragic and very sudden and abrupt way. One night I find myself the road to my parents with my kids. Everything has just ended in my marriage and it is time to restart. Only a few weeks later, I found myself in a two-bedroom apartment with three kids. Clearly, we all didn't have our own space to sleep even. And we went from this big, beautiful dream home, seven bedrooms and five-car garage and all that stuff and the end of hopes and dreams. And I find myself living in this little tiny apartment with borrowed furniture with my three kids. And it was like, how did this even happen? How did I end up here? And when you're struggling personally like that, it's hard for it not to affect other aspects of your life. So it was impacting my business and my income and just everything. It was. Mm -hmm. During that time, I played the victim for a while. I think it's okay to give myself grace that I did play a victim there because even though the marriage was a difficult one, as many are, mine was toxic and dysfunctional and it was so confusing in trying to let that go and understand that this was happening for me was hard. So I fell into a space of, oh, woe is me for a little while. And then there was this one night that I was sitting in my closet office. Now I'm calling it a closet office because there was only two bedrooms. So I made a bunk bed in one room for my two kids, my younger ones. Then I had a teen daughter who I knew needed her own bedroom because she needed her own space. So she had a bedroom and every night I would make a bed on the floor. Just keep saying to myself, like, how did this happen? What am I going to do now? And there was this one night I was sitting in the closet office. I put a desk in where the apartment deep freeze was supposed to be, like one of those little closet mm -hmm. folding doors. And I was listening to the song. It's called the fight song. Yeah. Trying to muster up the courage to make an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> 
as I was sitting there listening to this song, this motivational screensaver came across and the message said, no one's coming to save you. (laughs) Oh, wow. And I took that as a message (laughs) from somewhere or something telling me that it was time that I took responsibility for where my life was at and that I had my children and my whole life ahead of me, my kids looking to me, needing me to be strong and to find a way and that I had to step into it. And here's the thing about that. There was things that happened to me that were out of my control that were really unfair. But if I played victim to it, I was giving away all my power to that situation. So what I realized at that point and what really happened in that little closet office as I was drinking wine, listening to the fight song, getting the message from wherever that came from, was really I took responsibility for my life and where it was at. And by doing that, I stepped into my power again to cause and create something different in my life. That's where it began. So I'm truly grateful Mm. for that because all of it set me on a path to be where I am today. I could have never, ever in a million years be where I am now if I had stayed in that relationship, if that hadn't completely fallen apart. So I'm so grateful to this day that it happened and that I've been able to find who I really am through that I really appreciate your sharing that, Corliss. And it's a reminder that we don't know what's yet to come. It can feel like this moment is going to be my story forever now. And there can be a lot of fear attached to that. I hear that you were maybe at the right time, the right place to actually hear that message and that it became an inspiration to take action and choose, make a choice in your life. Mm -hmm. I hear that. I don't know if that resonates with you about, okay, I can accept that this is going to be it, or what do I want it to look like? You said so many things there. So thank you for pulling so much out of my story there. You said a few key things that are standing out. The first one was, is that taking action and that what do I want this to look like? And I went back to the drawing board and actually that's what I suggest to every client that comes to me when they're like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what direction I'm going. It's go back to the drawing board. And creating a vision board was actually what did it for me. I started saying to myself, okay, what do I want this to look like? I don't have a home anymore. So I put a picture of a home for me and my kids. And as a matter of fact, it's hanging on the office right here. I wish you could see it, but it has a picture of a kitchen with fingerprints Mm. all over it. And the reason I put that particular kitchen on there was because in my marriage, I was always trying to have everything perfect. And it was still never enough. There was never peace. It was never happy. And when I put the picture of the kitchen, it's like, I want to have this home of my own and it doesn't have to be perfect. It can Mm -hmm. even be dirty and messy, but we're happy. So I went back to the drawing board literally and started envisioning it. And I talk about this in my book as well, that one of the things that happened for me is I was flipping through magazines and I realized I'm 40 years old and I don't even know what I like anymore. I have lived almost my entire life to build my family and build my career. I've served so much for other people. I don't even know what I like anymore. So as I was flipping through the magazines, this little tiny ad, it was like a neon flashing sign to me, but it was a small little ad and all it said was first after 40. And it's on my vision board. I literally looked at that and went, maybe this stage of life becomes about discovering myself for the first time by trying things for the first time. I never gave myself a chance to even try things because I was looking after my family and I was building my career and I was chasing success and trying to make my husband happy and keep it all together. So I put things on there, learn Spanish, try piano, take some painting classes. I actually stepped into that vision because I tried a bunch of things. I found out a lot of things I don't enjoy, but I found some things that I do. 
that's where I started. Just back to asking myself those hard questions. If I could do anything I wanted now, what could it be? And that's what I gave myself permission to dream again. That's important, isn't it? Because it gives us hope. And as we start to get dialed into what's important to us, what makes us tick, like you said, some things resonated, some didn't. It makes me think about the two aspects of resilience that I often refer to, which is some of those events, some of those adversities happen to us that we have no control over. The practices mean getting out of our comfort zone, about trying new things, getting off the couch, getting out there and taking a risk. And it's going to get uncomfortable, but it's important in order for us to grow and figure out what's important to us. Mm -hmm. I love that you brought out that piece. I'll tell you a story that's really going to blow you and your listeners away. In 2017, I created a board and on the center of it, I put the words highly educated. And then I put the pictures of Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul Success Principles, Oprah Winfrey, and Tony Robbins. Now you have to know when I put them on there, I honestly think that I just thought I'd read their books or follow them. I don't know. In June of 2017, I was recording into my phone some ideas that I had from starting my company. And as I was recording, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to learn how to write a book. I'm going to write a book. I was so inspired. And I Googled how to write a book. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I literally had no idea how to do it. And Jack Canfield's training came up. Through that program, they got to know me. And not even six months later, I was in Jack Canfield's home on his couch learning from him. This is how fast it can happen when you really step into it. I'm shaking in my boots. I can't believe I'm there. What is even happening? This is so incredible. He sends me into his home and says, find a seat. I'll be in shortly. We'll get started. I go and I try to find the best seat in the house because <laughs> I wanted the best view. He comes in and he says, interesting, you chose to sit there. And he said, oh, yeah, but that's where Oprah sat two weeks ago when she was here. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, my mom is where Oprah's mom was. We are so going to meet. I think this is a key part of my story to not only inspire you to believe that anything is possible if you allow yourself to open up to the possibilities that when you make those decisions and you follow through, it's one thing to put that there on your vision, but then you have to step into it with action. Mm -hmm. I stepped into it with extreme action. And I realized that if I'm going to create this vision and I want this to happen in my life, my ultimate life, I'm going to need to make some changes. I need to figure out how I even ended up in a relationship like I did. Why I even lost my title in the first place. Who am I really? So I had immersed myself into personal growth and development. I put myself in every situation that I could to learn and understand and peel back the layers of who I really was because I hadn't done it before. So it wasn't mm. only just about being adventurous. It was about really learning and finding who I was as a human being. So that when I discovered that, I could step into that and say, this is who else I want to become. And this is how I want to help other people and how I want to serve. In less than two years, I traveled 38,000 miles to learn from the best in the world. I went to every personal growth and development seminar that I could find. I was completely immersed in not only learning about myself, but in learning the tools that I could help people have those transformations as well. Mm, pivotal steps that you took to get to where you are today and that helped you grow. And I can hear it was the accumulation of all those different trainings, learnings, getting out of your comfort zone, just saying yes to more things and diving deep into those opportunities. As a single mother starting my life over, I did not have the money. I was like, where is this money going to come from? And even if I did have the money, it was going to go to my kids. 
something in me said to do this different, you're going to have to do this different and you're going to need to figure this out. I made a decision that I wanted to go to Tony Robbins and I was following him and it was an extreme expense for me because US dollar, the way that it was to travel the distance, take time away from my kids, the cost of the ticket, hotels. And I ended up getting a two for one. And here's how crazy this is. You'll know you're on the right path. At least this is what I believe, because things will start showing up for you that you would have never expected that are saying, this is what you're supposed to do. I found a two for one. I didn't know anybody who would want to go. I posted it on Facebook, not even kidding. And some woman from Ontario said, I'd take the other ticket. And I said, great, now we can both go for half price because it was two for one. So I said to her, you don't have to stay with me. It's okay. You don't have to stay with me. And she's like, could we? Because then we could both save some money on hotel. (laughs) So I go with this almost complete stranger and I'm suddenly in Florida on a two for one with this woman. But still, even at 50%, I can't believe I'm spending this amount of money. My grandma had died the December before. I'm named after my grandma. My middle name is Helen. Helen means bearer of light, just so you know. Mm. That day when I was contemplating this ticket, my mom called and said, grandma left some money and I've decided to give a part of the money that she left me. And can you believe it was the exact amount of money to cover the cost of my ticket? I love those kind of stories. That's so good. Something you said, Corliss, that I just wanted to draw out is you weren't spending money, you were investing money. So Mm. you were taking that and really investing it in you. And that way, when we spend money, it's gone. When we invest our money or our time even, then we get something in return. Oh, I love that. Such a great point. Thank you for pulling that out. And I couldn't agree more. I am completely aligned with that. It was an investment in myself, 100%. And really, even in my family and in my future and in my business, honestly. Yeah. And those are the pivotal points that we can't always appreciate in the moment of where they're going to take us, but they start to be building blocks. I am almost picturing as we're talking who you are now and what you've been learning. It's like you've built this house that has this amazing foundation that Mm -hmm. is made of good, solid products. Whereas who Corliss was, and you were young, what Mm -hmm. would that house have looked like? And what was it bringing you there versus what you are today because of the work you've been doing? Mm -hmm. I'm such a visual person. So thank you for that. I would say I've never thought of it that way, but I was saying that I was always trying to keep it together. It's like there was no foundation. I was putting in a brick and then it would crumble apart. And I was always feeling like I was putting the mortar in and trying to piece it back together. And instead of going back and trying to piece this one thing at a time, how about if we figure out why it crumbled in the first place? Mm. That's where personal growth and development came for me. And I'm so glad I had the insight to realize that. But I think that's what we get through life experience. I just knew that I needed to figure out why I ended up there. Who was I, the core of this? Why did I have these behaviors that I did? What were the patterns that were self-destructive? What were my default stories that I kept telling myself that kept pulling me back into the past? I had to figure those things out. The more I got and the more I discovered, the more I wanted. For me, personal growth and investing in myself even now, no matter what, I do it every three months. I feel like there's always going to be things to learn, grow, discover, evolve. And I want to evolve. I don't want to become stagnant. I think it's Tony Robbins who says, you're either growing or dying. It's one or the other. All living things are either growing or dying. I Mm. want to grow right until the end of my life to know that I've done everything that I could to live and lead the best life that I could. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you built this off-ramp there. 
at that point Mm. to a new direction. And I'm curious, what would you say to that Corliss at that stage where you're in the two-bedroom apartment with your three kids and you've lost your vice president role? It's going to be okay. That's what I would say to her. She didn't know that. (laughs) It makes me emotional thinking about it. It is so true. Like, it's going to be okay. And I didn't know that at the time. Hmm. Yeah, we can't right in those moments. And yet I'm going to say to your credit, you are someone who thrives. You take a situation and you make it even better. You might land there. You might need to have a pity party for a little while because those are big blows that you were going through for that season in your life. But I can hear that you are someone who doesn't stand still for long. You are someone who always keeps going and thrives. Thank you. That's what I hear. Mm, Thank you for that. There was just so many gifts through that whole process. One of the things I want to share that I think would be helpful to your listeners is this. It was a very messy divorce and a toxic dysfunctional relationship. It was only expected divorce would be the same, really. And I knew that, but I wanted to do it differently. I do not make decisions from a reaction any longer. I only make decisions when I'm grounded and in a place of power. If I'm upset, frustrated, angry, hurt, whatever those feelings are that I'm going through, now what I say to myself is just wait, just take a breath, give yourself the time that you need to, don't respond until you're ready, because then I always come from a place of power within me. And I'm not going to regret what I did, because what I found throughout my life is when I was reacting, I was all emotional and so upset. I ended up harming relationships, which would cause me to feel worse about myself. So I just learned throughout that whole process that I'm not going to make a decision until I feel good about the decision that I'm making. I kept saying to myself over and over again, what's the high road here for me? Mm. If I know that I made it from a place within me that was solid and grounded and that I knew it was the right thing to do for me, Mm -hmm. I would know. It didn't matter what judgment or opinions of other people. I now apply that whenever my life gets difficult and I feel upset, I'm just like, hey, wait, just stop for a minute. Give yourself the time that you need to work through this so that you can look at this from a bird's eye view and be like, okay, what's the best thing to do here? Mm. What is of the highest good for me right here, right now, and for everybody involved? Mm -hmm. Just taking that time to get out of that sort of fight or flight mode and be able to get back into your prefrontal cortex, that wise woman that can just process it more accurately and talk yourself through it. I love that insight. That's some wisdom that I hear you've gained. Corliss, what other resilience practices have you come to rely on that you have found served you well over the years and since some of those challenges? I learned something recently, actually, that has elevated something that I've learned. A lot of my life, I didn't feel like I belonged, had very little self-esteem. I was from a large family. You were always fighting for attention. My parents are amazing people. I have worked on that core story for a long time and really tried to find my place in the world and amongst people that would really love and honor and that I really truly belong to. One of the things that I found is that I was seeking it all the time from other people. So then I would be looking for validation and recognition and something from other people to to feel worthy. One of the things that happened over and over again, I would be disappointed by people. I would put up walls and barriers because I couldn't really trust them. With my resilience now, what I've recognized and what I've learned, it actually came from T.D. Jakes, and he talks about the three different types of relationships, and he talks about comrades, Mm. constituents, 
and confidants. And I was treating people who were actually constituents, which are people who are just coming in for a time. They're there for a purpose. They're there for a season. They're not really there for you. I was treating them like they were there for me. I got myself into a place of empowerment of recognizing that in order to be resilient, I need to surround myself with a very small group of people who really see me, honor me, love me, are there for me, even when I don't see it in myself. And to keep that circle really small, because not everybody is intended to be in that circle. For me, the resilience is actually leaning on those key people that I can really trust and I know are really truly there for me and to help me be my best. Brene Brown talks about the candle blower outers, Mm -hmm. that you want to be around people who don't blow your candle out, the people who are actually there that want to see you shine and they're the first people to stand up. Those are the kind of people that I'm talking about. So for me, resilience has come down to really finding those very specific group of people that are around me. The second part is resilience practices for me are about always constantly evolving and growing and understanding myself and working through my feelings. So I have practices like personal growth and development every few months, practices that I have in my life every morning include quiet time for myself. I read something from a book every single day that inspires my heart and my soul. I listen to all kinds of motivation and inspiration, like your podcast. And of course, I journal a lot because when I take it out of my head onto paper, it comes out of my heart and helps me stay grounded and centered and work through issues or problems that are challenges that I might be going through. Mm. Yeah, what amazing practices you have in place. And I can hear it. It's like they're practices that you've come to rely on and trust and that they're like those ingredients that you keep in that help you trust that whatever happens in your day, you've taken care of that foundation again. Mm -hmm. Really, truly. I'm a doer. I'm a go get things done. I think a lot of women are. (laughs) I think we just are like, hey, we got 20 things going on at the same time. And we're like, ambitious and we're like getting stuff done. And every once in a while, I have to catch myself pretty close to burnout. And then it's, oh, you're doing it again. Wait, Mm. stop. And then I literally will clear my schedule and be like, nope, nothing but feeding your brain and having fun and relaxing. I can end up not having any fun because I just am working on myself and growing other people and building a business. And I get so immersed that I forget to have some fun and then I get tired and I burn out. So I've learned to interrupt that pattern or catch it just before it happens. So that is, nope, not doing that. Two days off now. You have to have two days just to have fun now. Mm. (laughs) I interrupt it before I burn completely out. So I've worked on that a lot too. So do I hear having fun as part of your resilience practice? Oh gosh, yeah. You got to have fun. What is the point if we're not having fun? I want to grow and I want to evolve and I want to live my best life and I want to help other people do the same. Right now is what we've got. So you got to have some fun. I have even started TikTok. Can you believe that TikTok now and making reels on Instagram, I find such joy in that. It is incredible. I absolutely love it. It makes me so happy because it's music, it's inspiration. I'm being silly. The way people respond to them, usually the stuff I teach is pretty heavy and can be hard. They love seeing that side of me. And honestly, I like seeing that side of me. That's something I've discovered recently that I actually love and enjoy. What a nice surprise that's been then. Yeah, (laughs) so good. Oh, the first one that I did, I was like, you are so silly. You have no rhythm and you're like dancing. What are you doing? (laughs) It turned out to be so silly and so fun that I'm like, I don't even care. Mm -hmm. Just peel it all back and just be like, who cares? 
just have some fun. You have to have fun because otherwise, what's the point? Life is supposed to be enjoyable as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's a beautiful message. Corliss, if you were to think of those people that are in a similar place to where you were at the time of your separation, they're living in fear right now. They don't know what's in front of them. They don't know what's yet to come. What would you want to say to them? The same thing I would have said to myself. It's going to be okay. Reassure yourself it's going to be okay. Then start taking the steps. Just take the steps forward. You don't have to see the whole staircase. I often talk about that. Just take the first step and then take the next one and the next one. And in the steps in the process, it might be just asking yourself the questions of what are the opportunities here? What do I really want this to look like? What do I want this to look like on the other side? Who do I want to be when I come out of this? What's most important to me? Go back to the drawing board and ask yourself those questions and just start giving yourself permission to like really see something different is possible for you. Because once you connect that it's possible for you, it becomes possible for you. Hmm. Napoleon Hill said that whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. And it's true. So when I suggest that you reassure yourself that it's going to be okay and you ask yourself those questions to connect to possibility and to start to envision something different, you are literally planting it into your mind that this is now possible for me. Hmm. Don't lose hope. Have it bigger than ever that it's possible because it's happened for me. It's happened for thousands of people that I've seen and studied and worked with. It's possible. Allow yourself to go there, to have the hope and to believe it's possible for you. Mm, that is rich and a beautiful message because we all deserve that, to dream, to imagine a future of who we want to be, where we want to be, and what are the important pieces that we want to include in that so that we're building that house that feels solid, that feels like it's got all those key pieces that are important to us. They're not material things. It's about who we're becoming. I love mm -hmm. that message. I know your program is going to be announced in March. Do you want to speak to that? Oh, sure. I am stepping into supporting and leveling up and helping people truly lead their lives. I had the vision of Lead Conference Canada. I knew that so many people would not spend the money, take the time to immerse themselves in personal development like I did. And at one conference in particular in Minneapolis, I said the words out loud and I wish more women could experience this. And now here we are, we are creating it. So in 2023, Lead Conference Canada have designed an incredible agenda for two days of personal empowerment. And that is happening November 3rd and 4th, 2023. You can join the waitlist at corliss.ca forward slash lead 2023. You'll hear all about the speakers, all about the event, and you'll be the first ones to get the best price when the tickets launch on March 1st. How inspiring. When we have been having this conversation, Corliss, and hearing how far you've come, and you're just stepping into that on a regular basis to say what's next. I do hope that people will check it out. And for those that have heard this conversation and are inspired to learn more, I think you and I both are on the same page and wanting people to find their best selves and feel their best selves. I really appreciate that you're offering that up. Oh, thank you for that. And I can honestly tell you that I have known right from the very first moment that this is so much bigger than me. I thank you for being here, Corliss, and partnering with me in growing resilience among our listeners and to be able to, I feel, be in partnership of creating a setting where people can continue to explore possibilities and to be able to 
bounce back to handle whatever comes along, knowing that they already are enough and are very capable. Thank you for being here in this conversation. Oh, thank you so much. Honestly, Cindy, you're an incredible host. You have pulled out so many great nuggets of wisdom, and it's been my true pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Well, it's my pleasure as well. I really genuinely appreciate the transparent reminder that Corliss, just like any of us, still experiences really hard days. We all will continue to experience adversity and difficult days, and yet, We can recover from these experiences if we have a resilient skill set. As Corliss mentioned, you are working toward bouncing back faster and more effectively so that a hard day does not turn into two hard days or a week. In fact, pity parties are allowed, but only for a short time, and don't stop and unpack there. Losing a job or title is tough. Any one of us, would be vulnerable to that ego hit, particularly if you hang your hat on the idea that your career defines you or plays a big role in your identity. Recognizing that it was in falling out of her position and rising up that actually inspired more people than when she was in her previous role. It is also where we learn the most about ourselves, isn't it? It is helpful to know we are not the only one and to remind ourselves it is possible to pick yourself up and move forward. I'm not going to lie, this can be really hard. It is about failing forward, trying things, figuring out what you need to figure out and grow from there. In this process, you are going to discover your strengths. As Corliss suggested, you are either growing or you are dying. I feel like there is a sweet spot there that allows us to grow in seasons and not wait until we are burning out to realize we need to pull back and rest. Corliss has learned to set big, audacious goals, and this has resulted in great rewards both personally and professionally for her. It is from this place that she has so much to give others. There are some juicy insights and takeaways from this episode. When going through a difficult season of your life, you may need to go back to the drawing board and ask yourself, who do you want to be? For example, do you want to see yourself as someone who is resilient? What values are important to you that might serve as a compass in your decisions? Embrace the idea that anything is possible if you are open to the possibilities. Corliss also emphasized the additional benefits that come with a community that supports you. These are the people you can lean on. Who do you have in your circle? As you become more self-aware, the additional benefits will come your way. And don't forget to build in time for fun. And finally, just take that first step. You don't have to see the whole staircase. I love that. I want to thank Corliss for her vulnerability and honor that one's journey continues every day as we grow our resilience practice. I would like to leave you with two questions and a quote. If you are in a season of feeling like a victim to your circumstances, how long is long enough before you are willing to take charge of your life and happiness? Question number two. Are you chasing what you think will make you happy? 
Or are you pursuing more of what brings you fulfillment? Finally, a quote from Richard Wagami's book, Embers. Nothing in the universe ever grew from the outside in. And of course, remember friends, adversity is inevitable while resilience is a practice. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Resilience Project. We would not be doing this podcast without you. If you or someone you know has an inspirational story or is helping to build resilience in their community, please email me at cindy at a resilienceproject.com. In fact, email me either way. I would love to hear from you. My hope is to feature an episode periodically on your letters of resilience. I'm very interested in hearing your story of how you have tackled hard things and what worked for you. With your permission, I hope to share some of these stories along the way with our listeners. Also, check out my website, aresilienceproject.com to learn more about our amazing guests. Your presence here is important because together we are cultivating a village of resilient individuals. You are creating a space for their stories to be shared and a sacred space for learning to occur. I also have a favor. I would love for you to go to your preferred podcast platform, rate and review the podcast so that we will know how we're doing. I also would like to express my gratitude to the amazing team of volunteers that have jumped on board to support this project. You will find each of those beautiful people on my website on the team page. As you go about this week, I invite you to think about one way that you can continue to grow your resilient muscle. What is one thing you can start with today? See you next week. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.